Ninjas vs. Monsters, starring Alexia, written and directed by Justin, is now available to buy at ninjasvs.com. That's ninjasvs.com. Or you can rent it on iTunes or Xbox or Comcast, wherever you do that stuff. So go to ninjasvs.com or rent it, buy it, check it out right now. Just check it out. It's even got on the DVD at ninjasvs.com a commentary that's basically a Trek off show with me and Alexia just talking over the film. So go to ninjasvs.com. You really want to see this one. Ninjas vs. Monsters at ninjasvs.com or rent it on Xbox, iTunes, or Comcast. Okay, enjoy the show. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And today! Um, we are one week after the release of the second Star Wars trailer, which we of course talked about the night it was released. We are in no <laughs> we are in no way recording this before no. that. No, definitely not. Not at all. That's not we not are not in any way restraining ourselves from wanting to talk about that to a later show, which we will then post earlier. That's not happening. That's not happening. That's not happening. What we are talking about today <laughs> is um, what we are is 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 Girl Trek, man. Trek for the ladies. Trek with the ladies. Trek. What's it like to be a lady Trek fan? Um, something I don't know. Um, but as you know, as a man, I've have I had opinions of looking at, but I can't just do it on my own. And I and it's I bitch a fair amount about it, but um, but we have. Something more to bring to the table, because yes, well, because that's you, one you perspective, right? Yeah, you you have a particular perspective. Um, uh, um, but uh, we have been honestly, quite frankly, sausage fest with our guests. Um, I don't know, yes. I don't know if we've had any female guests. Um, no, I think not a one. One or two, um, if maybe. But uh, but this is remember. so. Uh, it's always interesting to me, and I've said this before. Um, when uh, when I get to have people that I l am like a fan of come be on our show, um, mm -hmm. and this is uh, as men as much as we've had stars on our show, um, the most fun people for us to talk to for me is always the people at the Delta Quadrant, uh, which is the Star Trek Voyager podcast, which is uh, in its sort of final final season, sort of. I I hope they have another plan for what's coming next because the, every week they come out with. Like the like they they're going through the entire show from beginning to end, and they like talk for an hour, somewhere between an hour and three, um, on uh on the episode that they're talking about. And they are like four episodes from the end of the show. I listen oh, to this show. I listen to this show every week, and I've listened to this show every week for like coming up on a couple of years now. Um, we've had a relationship with them. We've been on their show. I was on their show like two shows ago for them. Um, you and I have both been on their show. Uh, other people on their show has been on our show, but for me it's always fun because like I spend an hour a week listening to these people. <laughs> like these people are like like it's like they, you have Kevin Smith that I listen to, big movie star I listen to, and then these guys too. Um, and it's like they're equal in my mind as being like the magical people on the other end of the headphones. Uh, <laughs> but this time I'm going to hear one of them talk, and they're going to talk back. They're going to uh, talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, the, 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 the sexy, sultry siren from the Velta Quadrant? Yes, the Velta Quadrant. The Vagina Quadrant. <laughs> the Vag Quadrant. Yes. No. Um, 
from from the Delta Quadrant. Uh, there, uh, uh, I just Melissa. Hi, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so happy to finally be here. I'm so happy uh, that you're here too. I'm happy to have another set of tits up in here. Another badge. <laughs> you know? There we go. Sorry, poor Melissa. Like she was like, maybe so, be like not so crass, but Alexia can't do it. I can't. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's just put it right out there on Front Street. Um uh, but Melissa is but Melissa is uh the the most reserved member of that of that <laughs> group. If, you you if you listen to our show, you've heard Matt a few times. Um, and then it goes like in a spectrum, like from like Matt to Gino to Ben to Melissa, sort of is sort of the spectrum that it that it goes on. And it's <laughs> she's that lovely laugh you're hearing is is, yeah. is 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 sort of what you hear when they're like you know she's the oh my gosh when one of them is like dropping a penis joke or something. So so, um, but the reason the reason I want to have her on board uh, for this particular topic is because uh, the that what you what Melissa brings to that show a lot of the time is uh is when they are ragging on a certain issue or ragging on a certain thing that is that that is um three guys saying i this is stupid this doesn't appeal to me because you know we're men and we're stupid um uh, she 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 often brings this perspective that 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 I didn't have because I'm a man and I'm stupid and I'm usually agreeing with and I'm usually agreeing with them and then she hits me right in the side of the head with a with a with an opinion that I hadn't considered and sometimes make me makes me completely change my mind on a topic. So Aww. wow, that's practically magical, Melissa. Really? Wow, I'm 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 really touched. That's great. Well, because you know what? Because if if I am wrong and I am sometimes, I never admit it, but He's but I am always wrong. That's the thing, though. Alexia will do what she just did. <laughs> you're always wrong, you stupid, you stupid asshole. And that's you're it, always man. wrong, you dumbass. So, so I don't, so I like, like I immediately just like, like go well, and well, I argue. Well, you can fuck you, fuck you on it. But, but it's, but, it's because Melissa's nice that you're like, fuck, she's right. Yeah, well, I'm a well, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Melissa. That's amazing. Yeah, she like, like, because you don't feel defensive at all about it, and then she says it, and you're like, like your defenses are down, and when your defenses are down, she's like a ninja, like an opinion, <laughs> like a, an opinja, an opinja, right there. <laughs> Just waiting. I love it. See, so what we don't all know is that, like, actually, in the dark, in the quiet, Melissa is like freakier than any of us. Like, she's wild and crazy <laughs> and crass, all by her little lonesome, and it's this great secret that she keeps because she's ninjaing all the time. I love well, it. And, and to let you guys see behind the scenes, we're recording this on. We're gonna let you talk in a second. I promise. But actually, uh, right, we'll <laughs> let you talk. Oh, okay. We'll stop talking about how awesome you are and let people experience it for themselves. But behind the scenes, on we we are. <laughs> recording this. Uh, normally we, we use a different program to record but uh, because they use Google Hangouts. That's what we use. And every time one of us talks, a video of us talking comes up. But Melissa's just a picture. A still picture that's been there for a long time. And it, it's never a video of her. Yes. So I am convinced that she's like all gothed out. Like on the other side. Like she's got black <laughs> lipstick. And she looks nothing like that. And she's, like she's black, naked. Black you're totally off. naked. I'm sorry, but you are, baby. To me, you're I have, I have. I can't I've, see... <laughs> I so no you're opinion. so naked and beautiful no and glorious in my brain. Aww. I'm terrible. You can't take me anywhere. <laughs> you're on fire tonight, too. It's amazing. Like, it's, it's incredible. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, welcome. We're glad you're here. We're so glad oh, that you're here. Thank you. I am really excited to be here. I have to say, I have been waiting a long time to get to come and be on your show. Um, 
there, there, there was a Pony Express involved in a pager yes. and a, yeah. Fax, faxes the and fax. <laughs> Right. Yes. Yes. But I, I'm very excited to be here. This is, this is great. And, um, I think honestly, over at the Delta Quadrant, we have some of the most fun that we have ever had. Um, whenever we have either of you or both of you on the show, it's uh, you're you're just so so fun to talk to, and um, and I and I and and besides and over and above, uh, I think you you have a lot of really intelligent things as well that you share with the Trek world, and and I have listened to a number of the of your episodes as well, and and I think that you you do a, a great job of really getting into the the meat and potatoes of what Star Trek is all about and the reasons why we all grew up loving this show or um, or fell in love with it at, at whatever point that we did. Because well, it's just really quality storytelling. That yeah. transitions really well into the to the question we've asked of everyone from from Clint Howard to to you. Uh, why <laughs> Trek? Why Trek? Bring bring tell us your Trek story because that's just fascinating to me how and why someone uh, gets into Trek and how how you started out as someone who had never seen Trek before to somebody who is one of the hosts of a Star Trek podcast. How'd that happen? Okay. Well, as a little girl, I remember getting to stay up late to watch reruns of the original series with my mom. Yes. And so the first, so really the first Star Trek crew that I ever knew and loved was Kirk and Spock and McCoy, and I I thought they were wonderful. And then when I was in kindergarten. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation came out on the air, and I immediately fell in love with that show. And uh, I think P Captain Picard really has been a lifelong hero for me. Um, just his his intelligence and the fact that he was such a renaissance man, you know. And, and, and besides being intelligent, he was a truly wise character, I think. Um, and classy. And classy. And he, yes, and he was classy, and you, it was very, it was easy to look up to him. And and I think um, I've always been in love with storytelling. I, I read lots and lots and lots of books as a kid growing up. I grew up on a farm, and um, in the summer, that's what I did. I would just read book after book after book. And I think Star Trek is just really great storytelling, and it's it's a lot of morality tales, and it's a lot of social commentary, and and so that just really connected with me. So I grew up watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, and then, you know, honestly, I didn't watch Star Trek Voyager the first time it was on television because I was in college then and just busy um, doing other things and getting into my career and um, really started watching Star Trek again with the advent of Netflix and... Um, having access to it and and so really kind of got back into the series I started listening to a couple of other podcasts and and really it was just kind of a, a an odd circumstance that um, I was invited to be I I thought I was just being invited to be a guest on the Delta Quadrant they were actually I guess interviewing me um, to become a co-host they invited me back a couple of times I thought it was great and then one day they said, well, we'd like you to join the podcast, and that's really how that happened. That's awesome. I love it. That's I love so that you grew fun. up on it as well. That's 
amazing. Like especially because like I, it, like where you're coming from, like coming from a farm. Like I'm like my in my brain, of course, you know, if you're living on a farm, like you don't have a TV for whatever reason, and you don't get to watch it. And I don't know what you know, people do on farms. Did you have to go to the local general store to watch? No, I'm kidding. That's Stop. <laughs> no, we didn't. But however, we so we had like three che- three television stations. Um, we had it. We actually had a black and white television until I was twelve. And wow. I, I remember I remember getting our first color television because there was this show called Elf. Do you remember Elf? He I liked do to remember eat, Elf. He was wanting, he was wanting to like, eat the cats. cats. Yes, exactly. Elf! Okay. Elf! Well, yes, I Elf. love that show. Yes. So anyway, I had been watching Elf in black and white for a while. And then I remember we got our color television. And the first time I ever saw the episode of that in color, in my imagination, Elf was purple. Because, ah! you know, in black and white, oh. you don't know. Yeah. And so I remember the first time seeing him in color, and he wasn't purple. I was very disappointed. But, yeah, um, I can imagine. Wow. You were like, dude, why aren't you purple? <laughs> anyway. You're just, like, dog-colored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. It was very boring. But um, Star Trek was really one of the very few television shows that I ever got to watch. Um, and we, we did spend most of our time playing outside and, and using our imagination. So, you know... There were maybe a couple of shows that I watched on television. Star Trek was one of them, and so when we were on the school bus and playing make believe or you know running around outside, we imagined about Star Trek because. Oh, did you? Did you like pretend you were on other planets and go on missions? Absolutely. I and I uh, I I went I went to to well I dressed up for Halloween as Doctor Crusher three years in a row. Yay! Um, because uh, because Hot. I have red hair, she had red hair, and I remember my mom had this long blue jacket that I basically stole from her and just used for that Halloween costume. <laughs> but I looked nothing like her. <laughs> <laughs> but it was did great. Did people at least know who you were? Like when you would go trick-or-treating, did they like recognize? Or was it like people were like, no, who are you? Just, I, no, I had to explain it. And, you know, the great thing was I had no idea that like to love Star Trek was something that wasn't necessarily cool. I mean, I just I had no I that that just wasn't a thing. I, I remember there were there were twelve kids in my grade um in oh throughout gosh. elementary school. Oh my goodness. And oh my goodness. four four girls and eight boys. And uh there was one other boy in my class, his name was Michael. And Michael and I would sit next to each other on the school bus, and he also loved to watch Star Trek The Next Generation. And so every morning on the school bus, that's all we would talk about, was whatever the episode was that week, we would just talk about it. I mean, and oh, we had no idea that that wasn't cool, you know? <laughs> so, we weren't, you know, honestly, that we is incredibly cool. That is so cool. I love that. Yeah. If we were talking about, like, Star Trek today, I would, like, just want to, like, talk to you for hours about what it's like to grow up. Like just like the growing up podcast, like, cause I, cause, cause like when I was the first of all, we're both Alexi and I are, or I'll just say I am, I'm somewhat older than you, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and and so I like think people know we're like the same age, dude. Yeah, we're the same. Sorry. <laughs> so, so like, so I was like in sixth grade when 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 Next Gen came out, but um, but like when I was the age that you were then. Um, uh, I was like in the suburbs of LA or the suburbs of Phoenix, like it's just, or or like outside of San Francisco. So it was like it's like it, like like a farm is like a place that you visited on field trips. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Okay, and your and your listeners are gonna be just bored to death by this, but like there was this huge 
culvert in the in the corner, like on on our farm, and you you know what a culvert is? No, it's no a big round. No, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> okay. No, what is it? Okay, I'm sorry. It's a big round cement tube that the water flows through from the ditches, and cattails grow in it, and they're little frogs that you know. Anyway. I bring it up because so these culverts were great places for like using your imagination and we used to like take chalk in them and and so like we would go and we would play starship because you could take your chalk and you could like draw the consoles on the concrete around you and there's this really cool <laughs> echo effect and it was great. That's yeah, amazing. <laughs> we need to go to your farm and play. We should totally it was, do that. <laughs> it was great. It was an awesome place to grow up. It really was. That's so fun. That, yeah, that's amazing. I love it. I love that you didn't feel bad about your love for for the start. That you had like a little friend that you could no. just like geek out with on the way to school. That's awesome. Yeah, it, you know, it really was. And and um, I remember. So uh, I work. I, I work in um, in church ministry, and and I remember when I started doing this podcast, and I would like, I just totally missed out. I think on the whole phenomenon of okay this isn't cool so I I would so I'll be like directing choir and I'll just make a Star Trek reference you know um you get a bunch and, of like stairs right like what no see that's Hopefully just it. no one from your wonderful. work just want to say that <laughs> I want it to be clear for 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 human resources wherever she works Keep in mind the difference between what we're saying and what she's saying, <laughs> and that she is in no way advocating what we're saying. And also, we may or may not be playing sort of caricaturized versions of our real selves, like the disclaimer right. at the beginning of this show says, that it's for entertainment purposes only, in case my HR is also listening to it right now. Just wanted to be okay, like... But, no offense. <laughs> but so there's been this wonderful thing that's happened at my church ever since I've been working here in the last five years where, you know, I'll make a Star Trek reference and somebody will hear it and they'll pick up on it and they'll laugh. And like, so over the last couple of years, what I've learned is that almost everyone in my choir is a Star Trek fan. But uh, like, really? they, they sort of like slowly, slowly, you know, they had to test the waters to make sure it was okay for anybody right? else to know. And I've just never been like that. I've been like, what are you, I'm, I love this show. This is great. And like, what's wrong with loving the show? It's an awesome show. Exactly. And I wonder. It's alternative lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Star Trek is my dark hobby. I had no idea. Like I, I like I, I. That totally sounds like that would be what would happen though. Like if there were a lot of people that like it, that it would be this sort of slow bird where like one person would let out a laugh and then like, oh, is, is that was that okay? And then like eventually, yeah. like it slowly ripples through everybody, and then you all realize, hey, wait a minute, we all <laughs> love the Star Trek because we're all a bunch of geeks, and this is awesome. Yay! Yes, <laughs> yes, that that is exactly what happened. I mean, so if you could see my office right now. Like on one wall, I literally I have a picture of Jesus. On another wall, I have a picture of Mary. And on this wall back here, I actually have a newspaper clipping with Spock in the corner you know, <laughs> that says, "I have been and always will be your friend." I, you know, this is my office, and people just know this about me, and they're 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 okay with it, you know. That's awesome. It's cool that you've never really had to go through the 
the ridicule uh, part of being a Trek fan, <laughs> where yeah. people think, think that you're weird. Do you, do you think that's more of a guy thing? I, I mean, I don't know, like, maybe being yes. a woman and being a Star Trek fan, it's just easier from the get-go. Like, um, maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I know that, like, I, um, like, when I was watching, um, the the next generation I was in high school so like I had like several you know geeky guy friends that mm -hmm. also liked Star Trek but like it was it wasn't something that I don't feel like we really advertised or talked about like at school like mm -hmm. but we would be in our own little geek you know like circle over in a corner somewhere quietly, like, talking Trek in, in the way that you do, like, passionately like you and I you know, do, like, where we, we have a, a discussion about, like, the episode that we just saw or, like, gets uh -huh. to be intense because you know how we, we get, like, people get, like, about the mm -hmm. Trek. <laughs> yeah. And it was, but I never, I mean, I felt, like, accepted by them. I never felt, like, from my fellow Trek people, I've always felt, like, accepted as a woman. Like, I've never felt like it was... Like anything other than positive that I like to track, but I've I definitely felt like from like mainstream people, like the jocks in my school or the you know the the sort of the norm that was popular. Like we were weird. Like that's a weird thing, and you didn't want to tell people okay. that you liked Star Trek openly. Right yeah, now, I don't give a fuck. Like now, I'm like, I fucking, I'm a big geek, and I love Star Trek. And if you don't like it, you can pretty much suck my dick. But like, I, I did not have that same level then. You know, in high school, I just wanted. It's like, please don't hate me. Please, I'm okay. I'm an alright kind of person. And 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 clearly, I don't want to say that every every conversation that is ever had is between a guy and a girl because that's clearly you know, they're they're the way girls interact with girls and the way guys interact with guys. And I don't know how girls interact with girls. Or it's a mystery to me. I don't I don't know what happens there. <laughs> I don't. But, know uh, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I can say this. I do feel like there was if you're a guy and a girl finds out that you like Star Trek, you in high school could be immediately written off for that. Like you like Star Trek, wow. that could, that could be the thing that to if you if you were a guy and you got labeled liking a geeky thing, that that could you be you now undateable. Like, but I don't feel like it was the other way around. I feel like that if you were a girl and you liked a geeky thing, that that was not. Um, and and let me take away geeky. I I a le when you were a guy, if you liked a less than masculine thing, mm -hmm. yeah, I I felt like that you could be written off. Um, for one reason or another, um, but I felt like that that didn't really happen the other way. If you were a girl and said you like Star Trek, I can't imagine that 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 would be something that would ever be a deal breaker. Like it would seem more, be, it would seem like it would be more like a deal breaker if you're like, I'm a girl and I love football and guns. Now, there's no, nothing wrong with I, loving football. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like that that's not true because I feel like I I mean obviously I feel like in high school I was imminently undateable. Like I didn't have a boyfriend. I like almost never had a boyfriend. I think I had one boyfriend the whole time I was in. And um, strangely enough, I think his name was Justin, which is really weird right now. Um, oh. But I know. Um, and, and it was me, which no, was also weird. No, it was not you. That would have been so weird. I was two people. No, you like, were two people. But um, but like yeah, I was I was not like I had like no game in high school, and I I felt like I didn't really have any girlfriends either. Like all my friends were boys. Like I didn't mm -hmm. have. And so, especially when it came to Star Trek, like, 
only recently have I started having like these in-depth sort of Star Trek conversations with with other women, and it's like, this is so cool, like because I never had that, like I never had a mm -hmm. girl that I could like geek out about Star Trek with, like I just didn't have that. It was always guys, mm -hmm. and and it's like. Every, when I find what it feels like, like you, like you're like a jewel to me, Melissa. Like it's that's how it feels Aww. to me. It's like, oh, you like it too. Like you have titties and a vagina. You like it too. Yay! <laughs> well, I, I, that, I, that I can be on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that should totally be on a t-shirt. I, I can relate to that sentiment though because um, I, most of my friends have always been men. Um, I, I've never really had that many girlfriends, and I, I guess I've always seen it, it's funny that Justin, you mentioned, or I'm not, I might have misunderstood you, but you almost mentioned that somehow to like Star Trek for a guy was like less than masculine or something. Yeah, sure. And, and it's I, I find that interesting because I've always thought of the fact that I like Star Trek as being a masculine thing, and right. and maybe I've just always seen it that way because. Most of the people that I'm relating with are men when I'm when I'm talking about this, and I've always, and I've just always been more comfortable, I think, relating with with men and just having conversations. I, you know, I went to school and my bachelor's degree is in philosophy, and I was one of maybe uh, two girls in my entire program, um, and 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 in my line of work, I work with a lot of men, and I'm just I'm just always having conversations on on that level. And so I've always seen Star Trek as kind of more of a masculine thing. It's a very, it's a cerebral show. It's kind yeah. of, there's kind of a military structure to it. But there, but what I love about it is I think there's a very, there's a real element of, uh, a heroic element to Star Trek in oh, that, definitely. you know, you have, you have all of these people who have devoted their lives to this mission that they're on. And I think because that's just sort of the background of the show that we don't really think too much about that. But I mean when you you pick any one of the series, the people who are on that ship have left behind their personal interests, their loved ones, their families, their friends, and they have sacrificed years of their lives or perhaps their entire lives to go on this mission, you know. Uh, and and there's just something so heroic about that at the very beginning that the show is that the show is based on that that was just always so inspiring to me and I always thought that I always thought of that as kind of a the masculine element of the show and, and I will and and I'll and I yeah and it I'll always be... felt heroic like yeah I feel you on that like if if ever a guy told me that they were just like it 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 told me something about the guy that was mm -hmm. good. Right? right, like it was like you then get. You know what I think the thing is. You know what I think the thing is. I think that 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 maybe that's true, and that that finding out that somebody liked Star Trek um, would tell you something about the guy. I never felt like finding out, um, at least as a guy, that if a guy found out that a girl liked Star Trek, that that would tell you anything about them. Okay. That 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 it would you would not be defined. But like, if you're a guy who likes Star Trek, you're a certain kind of guy. But if you were, it felt to me like if you were a girl who likes Star Trek, you just happen to be a girl who likes Star Trek. Really? See, what I feel like, what so and Alexia, I'd be interested to know what your answer is to this. But what I feel like that tells me about a guy is I feel like that tells me that he's intelligent, that he has an imagination, and that he longs for greater things. Yeah. I don't know how you could love the show and not be those three things. Exactly. Like, and I think, and I think it tells me that about a person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not even, like, beyond, you know, male, female, whatever. Like, so that's mm -hmm. why it's, like, for me, like, it's sort of an instant, like, you're my people. 
because mm -hmm. you long for the same things that you value the same things I do. Like you're you're into having that 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 in, you know, intellectual conversation and those philosophical discussions about life, mm -hmm. the universe, and everything that like I, I just don't think everybody does. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I am much more likely to want to hang out hardcore with somebody that's like you crazy Trek fan than, mm -hmm. than someone who's like super into sports. Not that I have anything against sports, but like I don't have anything to relate with you about. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I feel like I like, I liked, used to play sports when I was a kid. I find them fun. I'm not really into watching sports personally, but like I'm, I, I feel like I have more to talk about with someone who's into Star Trek. Like they, they, the flow of conversation just goes better like I just kind of I don't know like I just feel like we're on the same wavelength in some way you know like which is not to say I mean I have friends right. who you know who are super into sports but like they're also into Star Trek you know what I mean like it's I, I mean I think if you were to line up my friends like almost all of them are into Star Trek like it's it's like a litmus test it's like oh well you like well, Star Trek that means we can talk the, 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 the true outside of you know it's been different in my adult life but when I or my later adult life but when I was when I was younger mm -hmm. um, I would find you know like like when I think of the guys I knew who were really into Star Trek the guys who would watch it every week they were like guys they were like really into Star Trek and that was that was like a thing when I think about them and I go back and I think you know I think my, my friend Robert or Eric who's been on the show or Tom who's been on the show I think they're guys who are really into Star Trek but if I go back to like like you know my like I had a high school girlfriend she really liked Star Trek um, it was just a thing when I think of her now I don't think oh she's the one who really likes Star Trek like it was just it was it didn't seem to be um, and it's interesting. So the Force Awakens trailer just came out, like I said, um, a week ago. Um, and I, and when I first commented on Facebook, this like high school friend of mine was like, this 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 girl I went to high school, a woman now, was a girl when we were in high school. She she said uh, like was that like asking all these things. Yeah, wasn't it cool? What'd you think? What like? And this is not someone I ever really talk about. Not someone I ever thought about being someone who is into Star Wars or geeky things or anything like that, because it was just not the way that girls seem to mm -hmm. define themselves. I didn't see a lot of girls wearing Kirk versus Picard shirts. You know, I didn't see. <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't see that as as much. If I found out a girl like Star Trek, it was, yeah, she liked Star Trek, but it was not. It was not that thing. Whereas for a lot of people, um, sure, uh, me later in life, but like. Like I wore comic book shirts. Like I was in comic books were my thing. It never seemed to be that thing. For as a matter of fact, Alexei, I would say you. I've I've known you very very well. But when I first met you, I wouldn't think that Star Trek was that thing for you. There was that big of a thing for like I would think of you. You're an actress. You did this, did that. The sparkles, the glitter. You know that's that's like. No, I remember because I think you were like you like you were having like when you brought up Trek off and like how you wanted to do like a, a Trek podcast like in my presence. Like I remember my reaction was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like I'm sitting right here, you jackass!" Like because he was like sort of mooning about like a like a dummy, like being like, "I really wish I could find someone to kind of just talk to Star Trek about you know talk about Star Trek with and like." <laughs> And I'm like, I mean, Melissa, if you could have seen the look on my face, like I was like, are you, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, and then he like tried to give me this like, like test, like I would lie, like, like, like I would, you know what I mean? Like I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I like Star Trek. Like you know, it was just like it was some bullshit I would say. I was auditioning like, you. It's what I do. <laughs> it was really funny. Like I was like, how could you not know? Like what, what about me? doesn't communicate to you that I love Star Trek. <laughs> you know what it is, though? It, what doesn't communicate to you, like, like, okay, so, 
example, and I've now I now that I've gotten to know you better, I would I would see the the signs, but like okay, I said I like comic books. Mm-hmm. The shirt I'm wearing right now is a is a is a Minecraft Avengers shirt. Nice. Like, like, like I didn't see you walking around wearing, and every every shirt you ever t-shirt you ever see me wearing is like it's a geeky t-shirt. Like always, mm-hmm. when in the summer it's all I ever wear. Like like it just. <laughs> I guess maybe girls, especially back in the 90s, didn't have a ton of geek to wear on their chest. We really or, didn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, we didn't, yeah. it just didn't exist. And I was looking. <laughs> and, but, and, and the other thing, you know, the other thing is, too, I think men have always been more ceremonial, if you will. So, I mean, you think men in uniforms, you, you join the Boy Scouts, you get a uniform. You join whatever, you sign up, you get a uniform, you know. And I think so. men are exterior with more, maybe more exterior with those things. Oh, I think um, they are, and I think they're, for, they're more visual too, in general. Yes. Mhm. I right, was so looking. You want to identify with? Sorry, I'm still back there <laughs> with the chest. <laughs> so that's you're looking for the Star Trek is for for a chick. See, Star Trek is just like like it's just such a normal thing to me. Like it just didn't occur to me that people would find it abnormal. But but like as an adult, I do have people who say they'll be like you like. Like Star Trek, right? You know, and and they're like that. I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? I'm an I'm an intelligent, normal human being. Why wouldn't I? Like <laughs> why wouldn't it? I like it? <laughs> I love that. That's a great response. Like, I'm sorry. Why wouldn't but, I? <laughs> but uh, the great thing is, because I'm just because I'm just kind of a Star Trek evangelist. So like, it makes everybody else around me comfortable to enjoy the fact that they like Star Trek. And I mean, like, I'll be in a planning meeting with my pastor. And he'll tell me to do something, but like instead of just telling me to do it, he'll be like, "Make it so." <laughs> and I mean, oh, I can just tell that he thoroughly enjoys that, you know. Awesome. And and it's just that's great. And because the thing about Star Trek is that it is this complex, uh, in-depth, huge universe. So anyone who wants to can find something in it to identify with. And and you find your spot in that universe, and your imagination just opens up. And and I think hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not a one-way trip, because I, I what my hope is, and as a podcast host, uh, as Justin mentioned, we're coming to the end of the Delta Quadrant, and so we'll all be kind of giving our final summations here in the next couple of weeks. But and I, so I don't want to give away too much of that. But my hope is that with Star Trek as a story, just like any other story, as, as a human species, the reason why we tell stories from the dawn of when we can remember, we sat around fires and we, there was the storyteller who, who would tell the story. We do this to pass on the things that we value, the things that are important to us, so that we can enter into those stories and learn something. And then hopefully... We come back out of those stories. We go out into the real world, and we make those important things real. And and mm. you know, and so I, I that's what I hope for any Star Trek fan that that you you find your spot in that universe where your imagination takes root. You learn these things. You learn about selflessly giving of yourself. You learn about honor. You learn about truth. You learn about these things, and then the story closes, and you get up from the storyteller, you march out the door and you are true and honorable and selfless and giving to all of the aliens that you meet just outside your door. I mean, if and, and I think it's that my mind, dude. 
<laughs> beautiful. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I, what I want is is there to be like a a revolution, you know, and like the way that that our world works, and like and to get to a place where we have Star Trek. You know, where we have that society where everybody, you know, is pursuing their, their passions and helping other people and, and nobody has to go hungry and, and nobody has to not have a home and, like, we just have this beautiful society where there's, there's no hate and there's only love and, and like, we, like, what we can accomplish if we get there. You know, like, I want it to inspire people to, yes, like, go out in the world and, like, help make that happen, like help be a part of that change in, in the world around us. And yeah, and I think just like in and just like in the Star Trek universe, where you have where they show us characters like like Barkley, like uh, <laughs> for the big example, uh, these people who get stuck in the holodeck, they get stuck in the story. And we know people like this in real life, right? I mean we know those people who get they're, they so want to run away from their reality that they get they kind of get so stuck in this fantasy that they never close the book. They never walk out the door and and live with the story. Instead, they just get kind of trapped there. And I and I and I think that that's you know it's too bad that that happens. But um, you know we again we want to be able to close the book and we want to be able to to take that story on with us into our lives so that we have the story to tell the next generation just as it was no as it was told intended. to us yes well exactly um i i was wondering if you to to back up to where you were to sort of the second half of of what i want to talk about with you guys um I, I've heard about what it's like now to be a, a woman who's a fan of star trek but you talked about you like you imagine yourself being there um i i We've had a lot of talk about women in Star Trek, and I—it's funny for for a show that I feel that, like was not always perceived as the most masculine show in the world. Um, I feel like women have always been really a bit underserved in Star Trek, um, and I think that that's that the next generation is the worst at that, um, despite what a good show it is. Um, I think mm -hmm. there's this there's this uh, this really telling moment, um, and I've talked about it before in the uh, in the episode Cupid. Um, where uh, where everybody's you know fighting the evil Q sheriff of Nottingham, and Captain Picard is Robin Hood, and uh, and the only two actors on the set who had real experience in, in like swordplay were actually Doctor Crusher and Counselor Troy. They were the <laughs> ones who like had like been trained in stage combat, and all they would do is give them pots to break on people's heads, and mm -hmm. and it was uh, like yes, such a missed opportunity. And and these are of course the two women on this show are both the caregivers. One's the healer and the mom, and the mm -hmm. other one is the counselor to talk about your feelings. Mm -hmm. And you and and like I feel like Next Gen was kind of the worst at like kind of putting women in their place. Um, yeah, the I think bad, once Tasha Yar was gone, con con you know, yeah. like because when Tasha Yar was there, I felt like she was awesome. Mm -hmm. Like that for me in any case was like yes you know what i mean she was she was badass she was in control of her her situation like she was heroic she was brave she was all the things that i want to be you know what i mean it was like which is not to say that i don't you know want to be caring or the you know the other feminine roles they sort of had on that show but like it 
it sucked when she was gone. Like when we didn't have that anymore and all we had left, which is like not that there's anything against being a you know, a doctor or a caregiver or there's anything against being, you know, a therapist essentially, but like it it was it felt more to me like finally taking that step of like, here's a woman in a like sort of traditionally male role. Mm-hmm. And and it's totally fine. Like it's not weird, it's not talked about, like it just is. And, and I think that's why Ensign Rowe when she finally showed up on the scene, resonated with people so much. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that, like, suddenly you had someone who shows up on the scene who is not those two things. Right. And I think I... that... Yeah, go on. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I really did enjoy the character of Ensign Rowe. And, um, funnily, oddly, I, I actually... I would say that I enjoy characters like Rowe or Vosh or... Uh, a number of other characters far more, actually, than I enjoy the character of Janeway, who is technically now in the captain's seat. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't... Uh, this is just this is just my... Personally, I don't think that... I, I don't think, if, if you want to call it, you know, feminism or woman power, whatever it is you want to call it, I don't think that the fulfillment of that necessarily means that women have to be the leader, the one in charge. I think that what it means is that a woman needs to be fully, gloriously feminine in all of those ways and allowed to flourish as that and allowed to be an equal participant in what's going on. That doesn't necessarily mean she has to be giving orders. It just means that she has to be allowed to be the fullness of who she is. So I see. I look at characters like Roe, for example, who's kind of who's this this freedom fighter. Basically, you know, she has left it all behind for a cause that she believes in. I, I look at characters like T'Pol, actually, in Enterprise, who I see as kind of a missionary, uh, really, in in what she's doing. She's she's been sent by her people to uh, to mentor this young fledgling human crew who resent her. Uh, but but she's there. But and then, she's but, then the Star Trek, but but then you know the Berman crew shits all over that. Yeah. And and says and says that's her job, that's her function. But let's just let's smear KY all over for a little bit. Yeah, but, I hate that kind of stuff. Is, and, I, and and I feel like I mean, I don't know what you mean when you say feminine, but like I to me anyway, like that the idea of something being like feminine or masculine is somewhat offensive to me like as a, as an idea like cuz like what does that even mean like i get into conversations sometimes where maybe i'm a bit radical on the feminist scale but like sometimes i get into conversations with people about like say playing sports like and like hey, there's a girl team for this sport because boys play this way and i'm like what do you mean boys play this way like they're like b- because they're boys they're and and girls have to be feminine and they have to wear skirts and it's like what the fuck does that even mean like mm-hmm. they're just people like and that was when i la- that's when star trek shown for me for women mm-hmm. was what it wasn't about them being a woman it wasn't relevant they just they were who they were they were I think I, I think that the problem though you can get into is that is that there are people who then who don't write them as women either mm-hmm. where 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 what you essentially do is is cuz they they've gone and I think this is the problem they've had with Janeway is that Janeway is either she's the mommy and she's everyone's a family, or they've essentially written a, a she she's essentially a man with long hair and boobs, um, right. and and I, why well, you know I've I've been on the record as saying I didn't love the most the first like three or four seasons of what Terry Farrell did as Dax. Um, I liked her a lot better later, but if you look at later Terry Farrell Dax, 
that is, in my opinion, the best Star Trek ever got with a woman because she was absolutely feminine. She was absolutely not a man with long hair. She yes. was also absolutely, her job had nothing to do with the fact that she was also feminine. Um, mm -hmm. And her toughness had nothing to do with that. She was, you know, it's not feminine, it's not the word. She was absolutely female. Yeah, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, and, I don't like the word feminine. Like, there's, there's a connotation there, but female. Exactly. Like, I don't, like, she wanted to be pretty. She went on dates. She, you know what I mean? She was a woman, but she, but it wasn't about her being a woman. Like, she didn't have to have, you know, and when she would fight with Worf and stuff and demand respect for, you know, being as able a fighter, you know, mm -hmm. it was like I could really get in her corner on that stuff. I could really feel her on there. Yeah, I really, I, uh, I, I really do think that there there is an essential difference between the concept of feminine and masculine. Um, and I, I think that feminine is a really beautiful, glorious thing that I wish we saw more of in the world. I think we I think we actually see less and less of it. Um, and and I, I would agree with Justin with his evaluation of the character of Jadzia Dax. She was uh, she was wonderfully, gloriously strong, intelligent, beautiful, feminine and and I loved I loved seeing that what what tends to irk me with with Janeway's character is that they don't let her be that they that they do try to masculinize her character and it just comes off wrong um, I, I just I really do think there's this there's this there's this mysterious thing that is that is feminine that is that it that the world needs so much more of to see in in a strong glorious intelligent light um, and we, we I guess I just like to see it more in men as well, right? Like, because I feel like when we talk about feminine and masculine, like, mm -hmm. I do think there are certain qualities we associate with that. And I think mm -hmm. that the idea that one or the other is relegated to one sex or the other is, is what I sort of take issue with. So it gives me, like, makes me upset. Like, the feminine should be just as lauded as the masculine, so to speak. Like, there's. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that statement. I absolutely agree with it. And I think that. Um, and I think that to to demean one is to necessarily destroy the other. And and so when you have strong, glorious, beautiful, intelligent, feminine women being allowed to be feminine, it it frees men to be masculine, and vice versa. Um, you know, it's like that. It's like the old saying: What's the best way to teach a man how to be a gentleman? Be a lady. That's the best way to do it. I like that. You know, that's the best way to do it. And and there's just there there's a foundational essential truth there. And and when when you relegate a woman to the level of a sex object, you haven't just destroyed her femininity, which you have done, but you've also chained all of the men around her to not be truly masculine. Because yeah, to they're not, they're, yeah, they're just too busy being, you know, sexualizing this woman. Like I, right. I would find that so offensive if I were a man. Like that, yeah. I somehow am incapable of seeing a woman as anything else. You right. know, like I can't have an intelligent thought. Yeah, like, was, I can't carry was, on a conversation. You know, like that was the I difference between ultimately between like Seven and T'Pol for me. I mean, look, they both yeah. wore cat. They both wore cat suits. Um, mm -hmm. they yep. Both were absolutely they both were absolutely sexy. Sexy. And and yep. and the fact is is as as a red-blooded American man, um uh what I like to see um form-fitting butts and boobs. That's it's something I like. I get it's, it. I like so, boobs and butts but here's as well. 
You know, but, it's but, fun. But here's the thing: is that is that what Seven brought to it? And she was like, "Yeah, you know what? I am absolutely. I'm I'm hot. Look at me. I'm hot. Guess what? I'm also smart. Guess what? I'm also strong." Guess what? I'm also complicated. So when I first saw Seven, yeah. I absolutely sexualized her. It's, it's what I did. And that I wish that they hadn't done that. And I would say that my favorite, they tried to do it to Troy. I never found Troy sexier than when she put on a Starfleet uniform. Oddly. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't suddenly, think that's that odd. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel yeah. like if the, the, the sexuality there is, is not linked to her having tits and ass. Like all women have that. You know, like, all men have, you know, some form of tits and ass. Like, it's not even about that. Like, to me, you know, and to most people, I would I would hope anyway, like, what's attractive and what sort of gets your, your sexual juices flowing, so to speak, is the package that they present. Like, is is, is the, you know, intelligence that they may have, um, the, the imagination that they may have, the conversations well, that you can carry when on. I first saw When I first saw Seven, I immediately wrote her off. Mm-hmm. Um, as a ploy by the producers mm-hmm. to, to titillate. And I was yep. like, yeah, look at her. And she, through what she did, earned my respect. Um, then they showed me to Paul. Then they showed me to Paul, and I had goodwill left over from Seven. So I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah, they've dressed her in a cat suit too, but look, she's also supposed to be smart and complicated. And I feel like it's a combination of the writing and the over sexualization, over immediate sexualization, and mm-hmm. and to be fair, the actress who was she was a model first, not an actress, instead of an mm-hmm. actress first, not a, and so they they wanted. Someone who was even more tits and ass, and not not you know who couldn't bring it in the same way. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I left feeling like she was a lesser character. And it's it's I mean I just wonder as a woman what it's you know I I I'll, I'll let me sidetrack for a second because this uh, and we can talk about this. Um, uh, I was having um forgive me unless I'm sorry in advance. Um, I was having a conversation <laughs> with my with my wife about the about the term getting some pussy. And 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 just because I heard someone saying, and I and I was having this conversation with my wife about like like what does that that term or getting some out what what is what is that term how does that make you feel because it's it's they're talking about getting a but when they say getting some they mean getting a and when they're saying getting a well then you're relegating a person to just being the a this and she was like I never really thought of it that way it just means it's another term for wanting to someone wants to go out and have sex with people and and that's what the term means and she just she like I didn't even think about all the connotations of what that sentence is saying because getting some is getting a which is getting a person who has that and that's all that that's all the value you're giving that person mm-hmm. um, and I wonder, like, like in the way they presented to Paul at first, I it when it comes out in in that way where it's like she's supposed to be all these things, but we're rubbing jelly all over each other. Mm-hmm. Let's let, it's the the camera's ogling for you. The difference between a play and a movie is that the uh, the camera tells you where to look. Like right. you have no choice but to ogle her because the camera's doing it for you. Oh yeah, like um, the fucking close-ups and the goo and the like. He's pu- putting it on her like like she can't fit, she can't reach her own stomach. It's right fucking in front of her. Yeah, like, like I mean, like, it was so the right under the panty line. Like it was just. Yeah. Like, it was so overt. It was so. It, I was like, oh man, why are you doing this? Like, why are you I, sexualizing? It, I, I can't. I can't even. Uh, I, I can't even defend any of that other than to say, if you can just like skip over that thirty seconds in your DVD, you know, 
which you can't do the first time you see it. But no, it, it that that was terrible. But I do now, just, yeah. Like I, I just yes, it's terrible. But if you get past it, like I'm with you, I felt like as a character, like I don't know, I, she didn't ever achieve the same level as Seven. I, I get that because I mean no. that was just Seven. The actress really just just did the shit out of that. You know what I mean? Like she mm -hmm. sold, she sold it. Like she gave you this really complex person. And I feel like we didn't really get that into Paul, but I do love that she was that she was there to be their beacon, that she mm -hmm. was there to guide them in their pursuits because they'd never been out there before. So she was like a teacher. And she she was. was. And I liked that. I did like that she had that sort of vaulted position. She was also emotionally unstable. She was mm -hmm. all the things that a man might say negative about her. Like it just I felt like ultimately it was yeah. clearly men were men were writing her to, uh, into that role. And I and I I never felt like she grew above it. I wanted to um because we don't have that much time left, but I wanted to jump into Voyager because we haven't talked outside of 7 and 9 talked about Voyager. Um Alexia has said on a number of occasions that she feels like Voyager um, became uh, a show that was so about quote-unquote women's issues that she's pregnant and this person, now this person's pregnant, there are babies everywhere. Just, people are just popping out babies. It's weird. Because we talk about out. women, we've got to talk about them popping out babies because that's um, um uh and and you know and Janeway's a mom and now we're all a family and we're all you know and that it's that 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 for a show that that was supposed to be women centered that that Alexia feels that it was not that um I have disagreed and that the my position has has always been that that it did break the ground in having Janeway be a female captain, and there were times that they got it right that Seven of Nine is the most three-dimensional female character that we ever have had or will have in, in Star Trek. Um, mm -hmm. That the journey of Belana Torres is... Uh, is an interesting one, and one that I've seen actual women like go through from their 20s into their 30s, from from feeling like the the world has has embittered them to being happy to be a mom and happy to be a wife while also never giving up any of the strength that they also had and the command that she had. She ends the show with a rank higher than her husband. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so Melissa, I'm going to come to you on that and go. What what are your thoughts on on all of those things? Like okay. That. Well, uh, you'll have to you'll have to <laughs> go, go with me on this. But I'm actually going to start out with uh, a philosopher by the name of Hobbes, uh, who who wrote a book called the Le the Leviathan. And uh, basically, just real briefly, his idea of was that without without some type of political structure life would just suck. It would be nasty, brutish, and short. We'd all just walk around killing each other. It would be every man for himself. So I remember reading this book in college, and I got to class. We were going to discuss it, and I looked at my philosophy professor, and I said, where are the women? There were no women in Hobbes' conception of man in his natural state. And I said, there are no women here. And I think, like it or not, uh, the fact that, that women are here as a part of society, uh, we do we do represent, we do hold that standard of of community, of of family. Uh, like Alexia said, women have babies, and quite frankly, that is nothing to snub your nose at. I mean, 
<laughs> Women have a higher pain tolerance, so to that we can all. give birth. You know, but no. I, it, this is this is one of the most amazing things. I, I think all men are probably just jealous because they can't. But um, the the fact is that this is this is what women bring to society. I think, and and so here on Voyager, um, I think that it is entirely appropriate that this is the story of a family. If you're going to if you're going to emphasize, if you will, the the feminine element of the story, then I think it should be one that focuses on family and family dynamics, and uh, and community because this is this is what women bring to society. Uh, that uh, as as women, not that men don't do that, but I think what, what women bring to society that men don't, or in one specific case, can't. Oh, there you go, and and so I think that I think Voyager is essentially a story about a family um, on their way home, and I was thinking about this in that uh, I recently I recently went on a, a silent retreat for eight days, and um, on this retreat, uh, once a day you would sit down and you'd talk to a spiritual director and you'd talk about what was going on in your prayer life and whatever. And my spiritual director was this little old guy who loved to tell stories about, um, I really am going to bring this all back to Voyager, I promise. He was this little old guy who loved to tell stories about working in Rome and working with Mother Teresa and working with, you know, all of these famous people. And, and the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, this guy isn't even interested in anything I have to say. He just loves to tell his stories. And then, like, halfway through the retreat, he looks at me one day, he says, Melissa, what's the goal? What is it we want? Where do we want to get to? And and I was kind of surprised because I was sort of half not listening to a story. And I looked at him and I said, uh, heaven? <laughs> like, in that, this was a question. And he said, no. And I was like, no. And he said, no, we want to go home. We want to go home. We're all looking for the way home. And and I was so, I was so struck by that, that that, like, uh, that really affected the rest of my retreat and I was thinking about that as I was thinking about with Voyager coming to the end and that here you have this group of people who become a family as they're all on this journey looking for the way home um, and I, I think that that's such a beautiful thing and I'm so glad that we had characters in it like Seven of Nine, like Bolana Torres who had a tough childhood, who had to get over her daddy issues, who dealt with those as she was bringing new life into the world, who fell in love with Tom Paris. I'm so glad that we had seven of nine who had to experience, uh, really experience the emotional development of childhood and adolescence and becoming a woman and making those decisions for herself. And I'm glad that we had the occasional highlights of Janeway sometimes being a mom and, and mentoring these young women as as a woman with more wisdom and experience than they had and I'm and I'm glad we had that that family characteristic I think Voyager did do that really well and um, and I think it's a great analogy for all of us because regardless of what your your family was as a child I think we are all of us at whatever point in the journey of life we're on not home yet and we're all looking for that. And the way that we deal with that and the way that we deal with the emotional burden of that is that we create family. If we don't have family, we create it, whether it be our friends, whether it be our brothers and sisters, whoever that is. We create that family and those bonds. And those people remind us of who we are when we would rather forget. 
and wow. um, and they show us the way home. You know, and I think that's what that's what the Voyager crew has been for each other. I don't see that when I watch it. I really don't. But <laughs> they did. It sounds but neither, but neither one of us could probably express it as eloquently as you just did. So I want to I say no matter where we fall on our argument, <laughs> that was incredibly eloquent. Like, th at this point, this is normally the point where we're like, like dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, and I, and, and, and I hope you don't take this wrong because I love you, Melissa. But, like, I, for me anyway, it's like I, I don't see... I, I get very upset with this idea that women um, are relegated to things like having babies. Like, I have nothing, I have no problem. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think childbirth is great. I think that women who want to be mothers, it's amazing. Um, and that's really, really difficult. But, like, I, I, what, I, what I didn't like about the show and why, why that upset me, that there were these, these women in these traditional women roles. And that we had, and, of course, it's if, if, it's if, if the ship has a bunch of women, well, then they're all going to get pregnant, right? Because that's what women are for. Like, that is how it felt to me anyway. Like, okay. where I was like, listen... Like, women mm -hmm. aren't just about having babies. Like, I would have mm -hmm. loved, like, like I liked it when it wasn't about that. You know what I mean? Like, when it was like, because there were, there were families on Next Gen as well. You yeah, know, you it, wasn't, it wasn't made the same. It wasn't like there was a pregnancy every other week. Like, there, there were pregnancies. Families happened. And we mm -hmm. saw it. And Keiko had her baby. And, like, that never bothered me. Like, sure. it just bothered me that they put such an emphasis on it because it was like, this is, this, we have a female captain, this is our female trek, and that's what women want to see. That, as an mm -hmm. idea, I find offensive. It's like, listen, okay. I, I am more than that. Like, I personally, I'm not sure if I want to have children. I haven't decided on that yet. Um, I have my moments that go back and forth. But, like, but at the end of the day, like, that's not, I'm not just about popping out babies. That's not the only reason I'm here. Like, no. I have more value than that. And Absolutely. I really wanted that show to show us that. To really yeah. show us to have this female captain and not have her be just a dude, not have her just be a woman trying to be in a dude's role, and so just like being completely un, you know, female-like. Mm -hmm. I wanted her to just be real. Yeah. I wanted to have like that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see women having following their dreams, being out in space, like you were saying, like it's it's fucking heroic. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like going out into space and, and especially when these people get lost so mm -hmm. far from home, like to see them sort of band together as a family is great, but like they're all doing that. Like to think that mm -hmm. that, to sort of have that be a a female thing and like that's why it's happening. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like there was a sense of family on Next Gen too, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like I wanted, but I wanted it to feel that way and it didn't to me. It very much felt like we have to tell... On Next Gen, that aspect of family wasn't there. One person on Next Gen had a child, and they had almost no relationship. Right. I mean, that's like you could have an entire Wesley-centered episode where Dr. Crusher didn't show up. Mm -hmm. Like, like on Wesley's final episode, she shows up for one scene that seems like it was written last minute. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's like I don't, I don't see the, I don't see that relationship. At all, as a matter of fact, the only relationship that I see that sort of resembles a real parent relationship um, is Cisco Jake. Yeah, it's the, uh, in, in any of the Star Treks, like and somebody who somebody who has a child and is a parent to that child. Um, so and can I, I mean, Alexia, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you you mentioned earlier, like 
you're so much more, we are so much more as women than, than the act of giving birth, you know, than, than giving birth to women. I totally agree with you on that. Um, a question I have for you, though, is, uh, so even, for, so for myself, example, I can't, I can't have children physically, um, but I see myself um, in, in the, the full maturity of myself in many ways to many people as a mother. And I pride myself in that. And, and what I mean when I say that is that uh, I give of myself for other people. I mentor other people that the, the act of bringing life into the world, of creating things, is fundamental to me. And I'm proud of that. That's what I mean when I say that even though I can't bear children, I, I am a mother as a woman. So I guess I would put that question to you, whether you have children or not ever in your life, do you see yourself at times or in places or with certain people as a mother? No, I guess it just doesn't occur to me that way. Like I don't, I do feel like I, I've, I have, um, I have a niece who mm -hmm. um, I feel like I, I'm, I try to be there for her as much as I can because she's, you know, sort of a little bit different than the rest of her family. Um, she's, she's a lot like Mr. A, um, mm -hmm. and so she's weird, which I love, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I don't, I've never felt like our relations, like I've never felt motherly, like I felt like I. I try to guide her in some ways, you know, if I if I know more, like in, in any relationship with people that I have, like where I feel like I have something I could contribute, where I'm like, I've experienced this and I kind of, I, I'll pass my, you know, what little wisdom I may have on to you and maybe it'll help you, mm -hmm. maybe it won't, but like I've mm -hmm. never felt like motherly in that. Like I don't sure. know, maybe maybe I just don't think of it that way, like maybe it is, but like it doesn't occur to me that way because mm -hmm. I don't have, I've never really... Like, I, I like having, you know, I have fun with kids, I play with kids, but I feel like when I do that, I feel more like I'm, I am a kid than mm -hmm. like I'm an authority figure or someone sure. who's doing anything. Sure, sure. And, and you're, you're an artist, right? I mean, you're, you're an actress, you're an artist, so creating is very important to you, I would, I would, I, I would assume. And, and I think that in that, that, that act of creating, of bringing, of adding something to the sum total of that which is existence is is important to you as an artist. I would see that in you as a maternal aspect. Uh, now the reason that I bring this up is that I think that uh, so in a show like Voyager, if we're if they're going to focus on women, I want to see those women in various ways being maternal in that sense. I want to see them being mothers in that sense. I want to see them being I, and I could create a, 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 a description similar to that as you know I think women are that we are we are mothers in in a sense and we are wives in a sense whether we ever give birth whether we ever marry a man uh, we because that's just part of our nature and and I, so I think to tell a woman's story this these are the things that we point out just like take a look at Captain Picard for example he is a paternal figure he never gets married he never has children, but he's but as the captain of that ship, you know, I would say that he's very much a father. Absolutely, like, but I guess that's the thing for me. I suppose, like, to me, those terms like aren't the same. Like, I mean, I like what you're considered, like the the creativity and what people bring to sort of the world around them. Like, I feel like we all have that, men and women, and mm -hmm. so like it's not necessarily a maternal thing to me. It's like a um, gosh, I wouldn't even know what you would call it, but like it's it's people 
giving to each other and and give like giving of themselves to others and building community together like it doesn't seem like a, a strictly female thing and it's it's feminine though I get I get that because like the the image of a mother is a feminine image and mm -hmm. I think that like men have that though too like Mr. A is you know probably in some ways far more feminine in that way than I am you know what I mean like he's he's much better at being a caregiver for instance than I am mm -hmm. like I I you know, it's not to say I don't care about people, but he's just like it. It comes more naturally to him than it does to me. Sure. Um, and I think that I, what I want to see, and that's what I wanted to see on Voyager. Then was that the continuation of that, like to just see people mm -hmm. and to see them giving of themselves to each other and how they grow together. Because I felt like there was that sense of family, like that the Enterprise that they were a family. You know what I mean? Like Picard mm -hmm. was the head of the family, if you will. Like I don't need, I don't need, I, for me anyway, it doesn't need to be a label. Like he's the father or the mother, but like he was the head of that family. And like they all bound together though. And you, that's mm -hmm. like why that's, I know one episode we were talking about how you, they just always trusted each other. And it was because of that. Like they felt like you're not going to just make some shit up. Like, if you're telling me that you're seeing this thing or this fucked up thing is happening, I'm going to believe you until I have reason uh -huh. not to. And mm -hmm. I didn't get that same vibe on Voyager. Can I, I ask you a, pra a practical? A, can I ask you a practical Voyager question? If I could cut five five episodes out of Voyager, would your opinion of the show as a whole change? Like, if I could cut out, um, if I could cut out the both of the episodes where they essentially deal with Kess on her period, um, mm -hmm. uh, and. Good start. I, and I could and I could cut out the the one episode where uh, where Janeway gives birth to a baby as a lizard, Ugh, um, God. Which, which, we, which we can all cut out for a bunch of reasons, but that's right. That's the, that's the herb. That's the Janeway pregnancy episode, mm -hmm. and and I could cut out even just like change the name of her boyfriend at home from Brad. Um, like, 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 so it's not so I'm a woman and you're Brad at home with a dog, you know, I wish I could go home to my Brad, you know, uh, like, like, like if I could just change those little, those details, keep Alana's pregnancy, um, I like, wonder, like, it's a, you know, what, it's an interesting question. Like, I almost, like, maybe what I should, like, if you come up with this list of the things to take out, like, just like I five like, episodes, because I feel I like feel I feel like I like... should go back and watch it again, like, with and just skip them and see how I feel. Because, like I said, like, mm -hmm. I don't like part of what um, one of the things I did actually like about Voyager was Bolana and Tom Paris, and I don't even like Tom Paris, um, but I liked. Oh, I love Tom Paris, by the way. Like, I love... into, like I liked having some insight into a marriage, much in the same way that I liked having insight into Keiko and and Miles's, you know, marriage and their child. Like, I didn't, like, it wasn't that I mind family or that I mind family ideas or that I, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like that everybody, everything was about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, that was how it felt when I watched Voyager. As opposed mm -hmm. to, like, and this is the family that we're, you know, these, these are the cast of characters that we have, right? And then this is the family that we have. And then this is the, the there's this family over here, and this is how they work. And, you know, there's this person over here that's dealing with their shit, and they're kind of single and angry. And, you're, you know what I mean? Like, where you've got everything is kind of represented in the world, as opposed to, like, oh, well, if, you know, like I said, like, if you're women, well, then they're, they're pregnant, because that's what women do. 
Um, like, I just, that as an idea is upsetting to me, and I wonder if I would, because I definitely, once Seven of Nine shows up, I enjoy the show a lot more. Like, her mm -hmm. interactions are far more interesting to me, um, to, and, and even the ones that are romantic, like with her and the Doctor. Like, I feel mm -hmm. for both of them, you know, where I'm like, I feel for her because she's, she's kind of so cut off for herself, like, because of how she's grown up, essentially, and he's reaching out and he can't really ever connect there and it's so sad and it breaks my heart um, but I like those stories like I enjoy watching those stories I just I feel like they I just feel like at some points they they really tried to soap operaize it and I I didn't like that idea I was like there's plenty of fucking soaps out there for people that like soaps like there's nothing wrong with a soap but that's not why I watch Star Trek I watch Star Trek for like you said, the storytelling. I watch it for the philosophy. I watch it for the, the the imagination. I watch it for the exploration. I watch it for the the way that these people interact and the things that they deal with and how they deal with them and the fact that usually they don't give us the answer. You know, we see like one half of it, but we hear all of it and it makes you think. That's why I watch Star Trek and that's what I want to see. So when they did that, I enjoyed it. I just felt like they didn't do it as much as the other shows and maybe it's because I got too hung up and my anger over like things like the fucking lizard pregnancy episode. Oh, and and Kes and Kes Kes is like, I'm on my period. I need to make sure that I have a baby. Am I going to do that now? I could see you just going, "What the fuck is this horseshit?" Yeah, I, 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 you just see that. I, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I was just like, "Are you kidding me right now?" And especially since the fucking trailer cut, they were like, "Whose baby is it?" Like it was absolutely mm -hmm. the trailer cut was identical. To a trailer cut, I because I used to watch soap operas. Like when I was in high school, I had three soaps that I watched religiously, and mm -hmm. I like there was a the, the clip for one of those soap operas was about some storyline where you know she's girl got pregnant and whose baby was it? And it was like it, I could it almost could have been the same fucking trailer frame for frame. Like it was ridiculous. I was like wow, and that was when I shut off Voyager. Like yeah. that when I saw that ad, I was like, and I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I have to say like. They're just the. I, I honestly believe, having done this now, um, having done the the Voyager podcast and being almost done with it, there is, thus far in my experience, no better way to watch. I think any show of Star Trek, than to watch it episode by episode and then have a long, drawn out, sometimes intelligent, sometimes not so much intelligent, conversation about each one because I think that. It's. It, I think I appreciate the show Voyager so much more having done that. Um, and and the first time I saw the show, which was basically just, you know, inhaling it uh, through Netflix, <laughs> totally different, totally different experience because you because those things do creep in where you're like, oh, I'm seeing this all the time, and it's easy to overlook the other things that are happening. Um, so, you know, maybe if you get a chance to go back and watch it, uh, maybe do it in small pieces. And well, I'll, I'll go, I'll take the step um, as, we, as we wrap up. Um, that, and I've said this when other Delta people have been on before, that, that the Delta Quadrant has changed the way I look at Voyager. I was never a Voyager apologist. The only conversation we would ever have is, which is the worst show? Is Enterprise <laughs> the worst or is, or is Voyager the worst? And that's what LAC and I would, that, that was the extent of our conversation about it. I will say this, that um, I'm not going to be going back and watching Enterprise really at all. And I'm not really ever going to go back and watch Voyager, I don't think, really at all. Um, I just think there's enough other Trek that I can watch instead. Um, mm -hmm. 
but um, for me, I feel like Enterprise is clearly the inferior show, and the reason it feels so clear is I feel like I have this in-depth understanding of Voyager, and a lot of that is because of the Delta Quadrant. Um, <laughs> so you. if you ever want me to come around to Alexia's way of thinking, you guys need to do the old quadrant, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and just do, just do Enterprise next, because that might change my my view on Enterprise, to hear you guys do it. Listening to you guys do it every week has changed it for me. So um, I I, uh, I feel like we could go for hours longer. Um, but I, I think know, it's, right? <laughs> it's a good, I think, feel like it's a good place to wrap up. So, uh, Lisa, thank you for joining us. Do you want to plug uh, Delta one more time, or anything else you want to plug? Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. We, we only have a few weeks left, but you can catch all of the episodes uh, of the Delta Quadrant at uh, Trekmate. Um, oh, my gosh. I should have written this stuff down before I got here. At Trekmate at uh, trekmate.uk.org. No, why don't we make it really um, easy? If you're yeah, listening to this show off. right now, you're probably using some kind of pod feed, and it probably has a search thing on it. Like if you're on iTunes <laughs> listening right now or you're on your Android or whatever you're using to listen, just go to the search and look for the Delta Quadrant because they're, if we're on there, yes. they're on there. So yeah. find them and subscribe. Don't just listen to one. Subscribe. And Yes, and you can email us at uh, deltaquadrantpodcast at gmail.com. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank we you really so, much, Melissa, for for so much, Melissa. This was so much fun. This was, you know what? <laughs> I had such a great time. I had such an awesome time. Thank you, thank you so much for letting me join you. Um, so I know you're not going to do it, um, although I'd love it if you did. <laughs> oh, I would love it if you would. Because we, uh, Alexia has a, has a catchphrase, which is... Trek off, bitches. And and we take that away from her <laughs> and let our guests do it when they come on. So... What I'm going to do... Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I, I, I'm going to end the show. Here we, hey, here we go. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. Trek off. Go, Melissa. And this... Trek off, bitches. So you just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek off to put in my ear hole, to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over a hundred hours of Trek off. It's free. Just go there, trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com. Trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and Trek Off.